Welcome to Strung Out. This is our 13th episode and a special episode. Uh, I'm going to call it As the Dust Settles. And I'm going to call it As the Stomach Turns. I'm Marty McCormack and I'm here with Andy Courtenay. And we are looking at uh, the wrap-up of the debate that took place last night. Now, I know everybody out there has had a chance to look at various things. Um, if you did not watch the debate, you probably have seen snippets of it by now. I've seen uh, rodeos where uh, rodeo bulls were better behaved than um, Trump was last night. Um, just an amazing uh, dust-up. I want to get your take on it, Annie. Disclaimer, I was not able to watch the whole debate because uh, our daughter, who was with us and still awake at the time, found it too stressful to even look at. So I took her away to another room. Uh, but what I did see uh, seemed to me to be an attempt by Trump to sort of... Um, confound his opponent by just throwing all kinds of stuff out there and interrupting it all all the time. Yeah, definitely. It was something to behold. And um, I really thought that the tactics used by Joe Biden, if you want to call him that, uh, the idea of appealing directly to the television camera was effective. And uh, I think I've, I've been in situations, and I'm sure some of our uh, listeners have been too, where if you're with somebody that is just coming at you and making no sense, it's very hard to have uh, any kind of meaningful discussion. And I think to a lot of people, some of what Trump was saying probably does make sense to their political sensibilities. But um, in this case, it was almost like, to me, it was a little bit closer to when you're trying to speak to somebody who has, who is living on a different planet and has a completely different sense of reality, uh, you know, it, it's, it would almost be easy to walk away from it and be like, oh, well, this, there's no point. However, the point is to debate. And there was really no debate, unless you want to uh, have Chris Wallace versus Donald Trump. Uh, it was pretty amazing to hear the tension that ratcheted up between Wallace and Trump. But there was a couple things now that the dust is settling that has come to mind for me. And one of the thoughts is for those people that are out there that are voting on a single issue, such as abortion, such as uh, gun rights, or the appeal of, um, or the repeal of the Affordable Care Act. With the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, and the obvious swing of the court now way, way, way over to the right, where you're going to have six justices who are uh, uh, conservative, uh, a primarily a Catholic court, um, uh, Supreme Court, pretty amazing. Um, don't you think in some ways uh, that the single voter person could say, well, really what need do we have any more of somebody like Donald Trump? They've had everything. Um, and with Barrett coming to the bench, turning of the um, Roe, Roe v. Way or the Affordable Care Act or gun rights is pretty much all but assured. I, I think that's where I'm at today, thinking, really watching this debate, what more do you really have left to invest in this guy? 
he's telling you know the far right uh, proud boys and uh, to stand by, stand down, stand by until the election's over, basically like a little private army. And he says he's willing to dispute the results of the election when they come out. He's already saying that they're rigged. But again, my primary question is, you single voters out there that are turning on the idea of of ending abortion or, uh, again, locking in gun rights, it's going to happen. Or it's going to get as best a chance to happen unless you had like a, a, a court in which all nine justices were were conservative. Well, and not only that, Trump is also saying that he, he basically admitted at the end of the debate, right, that he was expecting to use the Supreme Court with all his nominees to help him secure the election, which he, think is, he thinks is rigged. Um, but I, you know, I, I can't answer your question because I am not that voter. <laughs> no, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, some folks listening out there uh, are those voters because obviously I I have that question uh, to to pose out there rhetorically, if you will. Um, that's that's the way I'm looking at it right now. Is that basically, unless you're that deep into tribal politics. Uh, I think that train left the station as far as what single voters want. Yeah, their issues are going to be fulfilled uh, with the appointment of the Supreme Court justice. Game over with, with that sort of thing. Uh, the only thing that's going to happen is there's going to be probably some sort of uh, legislation or uh, a way of going after uh, the Supreme Court or changing even the way the Supreme Court justices are picked. Uh, the the fallout of all of this, we don't know yet. So the dust is still settling. But uh, now would be a good time to listen to a song. And um, this is for all you uh, people that do have a single issue. The song is called Time I Let You Go. And you're listening to Strung Out. You say, 
Hey, we're back on Strung Out. I'm Marty McCormack, and I'm here with Andy Courtenay. And this is a special podcast, our 13th episode, and we're calling it As the Dust Settles or As the Stomach Turns. It was interesting to look at all the headlines this morning. Uh, I looked at the BBC and uh, looked at the headlines that were coming in from over the pond, and that all of them were basically talking about how this was just a stomach-turning event. And uh, I think that, once again, America, just when you think uh, we couldn't get our black eye any blacker, it just got a whole lot more blacker. But we are on the cusp of some very interesting developments here as we are rocketing toward this election. And, Anne, what do you think about this whole thing with the taxes? The fact that Trump paid $750 of taxes, he has $400 million in loans that are coming due. So that's that's a, a big question that has to be answered. Well, what do I think about it? I think that, I think, um, well, first of all, isn't it amazing that you and I, starving artists, are paying more in taxes, have been paying more in taxes than billionaire DJT, you know? Um, so that's, and, and, and also, you know, so many undocumented workers, I mean, people who are, or, or people who are here in the United States, you know, and they're, they're, um, legal aliens are not, are paying more and more, more much more than he is. They're supporting, <laughs> they're supporting a system that's, that he's creating to hold them down and to keep them out, you know? So I think it's it's um, it's the height of hypocrisy, but it's 
also not surprising, and now we know why he didn't want those to come out. We also can can think can assume that the reason he doesn't want to lose the presidency is because he's going to have to answer to all this and go straight to jail and won't have um, you know uh, the security detail that he's got now that we are paying for, by the way, with our taxes. Yeah, exactly across the board. I think I think what I saw last night was like. Uh, uh, a raccoon trapped in a chicken coop, sure. um, knowing that he's in there and he's going to have to fight his way out. And uh, that's what really struck home for me. Interesting, a lot of people that I had talked to uh, afterwards, um, not that many, I mean, just a sampling, but some some people were like, oh, look at the two septuagenarians, you know, going at it, you know, and battle of the old guys. Um, one, one friend of mine talked about, uh, grumpy old men kind of reminded him of Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Um, I didn't find really Biden to be that bad. And I was in great fear that he would be bad. Um, he does kind of have that habit of, of, you know, losing a train of thought and, uh, that sort of thing. But, in looking at the way he it developed during the debate, I think he got more comfortable as it went along, and he realized there was just no way I was going. I'm going to be able to get through to this guy. All but what, what I can do is I can at least appeal directly to the voters. And what came out of that for me was I saw, for at least a good hour of it, a wonderful political ad for Joe Biden where he basically was pointing at this guy on stage who was being told to shush by Chris, uh, Chris Wallace and saying, you want, you want this for four more years? You know, at one point he called uh, Donald Trump a clown. I think he was frustrated, but I think it was, uh, you know, at that point, you know, Trump was acting like he was giving clowns a bad name at that point in the game. And um, I think the uh, the stress of the whole thing was palpable. And uh, it wasn't surprising. Our daughter watched for maybe about a half hour or so, and she couldn't take it anymore. But um, those of you that didn't watch it, um, again, I encourage you, go look at the snippets. Uh, if you have uh, done it already, I think you're going to see exactly what we are referring to. Um, the changes that are going to be coming out regarding... Trump and his taxes, I, I think the, the cat's out of the bag. Now, you know, the, the, the problem is that uh, what will we see come November 3rd? Guarding his taxes? Guarding whether he will dispute the election regarding whether the taxes are going to catch up to him by then. That's that's the thing that I'm curious about. The New York Times article is still coming out. Yeah. There's, there's still more coming out. Mm -hmm. So we might not have heard at all. In fact, this is, folks, uh, the October surprise. We always hear about an October surprise. Well, we're one day away from October, so you might as well call it the October surprise. Um, I think where Biden also scored some points was uh, with uh, just the fact that uh, he focused on some of the American duties, like uh, the soldiers 
patriotism to the country, the idea that uh, his son, who passed away, Bo Biden, was a you know bronze star decorated uh, soldier, and uh, and I thought it would be interesting uh, uh, just to play this next song on uh, this episode, and that is the song called Liberty, and uh, so let's give that a listen, and you're listening to Strung Out. When they lowered the door, you splashed all the shore. You knew they were waiting for you. What went through your mind? What thoughts did you find? As above you, the bullets flew. All the great words that you have heard that once sounded so grand were cloudy with the screams and the shouts as you pressed your face to the sand. Still, if not you, then you wondered who would be there to take your place. And deep in your heart, you do your part to spare some future And we're back. 
Uh, one of the things that I, I didn't see, uh, but I heard from the other room, was uh, when uh, Trump went after, while they were talking, while Biden was talking about Bo, I think, Trump went after Hunter and his addiction problem. Right. Right? And that is perfect bully's playbook kind of, you know, we're not even talking about this issue, but now I'm going to hit you so low. You know, that, you know, he did that. And, and I really... Uh, was impressed by the way Biden appeared. I mean, I didn't see it, but I read about it later. He did not falter. He just said, my son had this problem, like so many people at home. You know, think about the opioid crisis and everything else. And um, I'm, he fixed it. He got over it. I'm proud of him, and I love him. You know, and I think, you know, that is the kind of empath, you know, empathic or, or uh, compassionate uh, leadership that we're looking for is, you know, you you. It takes a lot to come back from something like that. That's a true illness, and uh, for him to say that, he he stuck up for his kid, you know, on national TV because the bully was going to go after him, and uh, and that's what we need. I think Trump. Everybody is disposable to him, except maybe his daughter Ivanka, <laughs> who is kind of creepy there. I don't know what's going on, but um, you know. So I thought that was. That showed a lot about who Joe Biden really is, you know. And for all of Trump's bluster about things that single-issue voters are hot about, he's got nothing to back it up. Pardon me, but I'm fairly certain he's paid for more than a few abortions in his time. Ooh, strong stuff, but I think you're probably right. I think that uh, uh, he probably has. So much is going to come to light, whether he uh, hangs on to power for the next four years, um, I don't think it's going to it's going to end up that way. I think what's going to happen is that uh, uh, I think his days are are, are numbered. But uh, we're getting to the end of the the podcast here, and I just want to ask you, what is your opinion? Should they continue to have these next two debates? I know they're saying we're going to change the format. But aside from having a soundproof dunk tank for each candidate, um, I don't really see how they can change the format to make it so that, you know, a guy like Donald Trump can shut up. Well, I mean, I think they can certainly put the timer up, which maybe they did, right? You got the two, two minutes that the, the candidates can see. Uh, but, but also just cut the mic after two minutes. That's it. Mic gets cut. You know, and the other person has the floor. I, I don't see why they couldn't just do that. And now they know that that's, you know, the, how Trump is going to be debating. He's he, The rules do not apply to this man. Not even time rules <laughs> apply to him during a debate. They just don't. So they have to create rules where he can't get around them, I think. I know that uh, people in his party are saying, well, that's because he trounced Biden and, and, you know, they're going to move the goalposts, you know, to make it easier, you know, for, for his opponent to get some words in. But it's not a debate. I mean, it, that was just a guy spewing a bunch of stuff. And then an, another person, you know, on the other side, at fir- I mean, you could see, at least for the first half an hour or 20 minutes that I watched, that Biden was attempting to play by the debate rules, you know. But he quickly realized that he, if he didn't also try to talk, then he couldn't say anything, you know, because Wallace had absolutely zero control over that debate. I think nobody can come down on Chris Wallace. I think it was doomed from uh, the start. 
important that uh, we got to give points to the audience. The audience was well behaved. Uh, they did the best job of the evening, actually. Um, but I think my feeling, and I said this on uh, episode 12 of our podcast, that I really thought, especially in this this uh, matchup between Biden and Trump, that the debates weren't even, should have been a non-starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, no advantage, really, to the Biden camp. Um, at this late stage in the game, the people that are going to go for Trump are going for Trump for a lot of reasons, and none of them really good reasons. Um, Like I said, I think the single voter issue uh, now has been satisfied. And if I was a single voter, I'd probably swivel my guns and, uh, you know, vote the guy out of office because uh, he's from here on in, it's going to uh, just damage things. I don't think there are that many true single issue voters. I think that a lot of people who say they are single issue voters will pick their one issue, but actually line up with a lot of other things. Uh, and things also that they may not want to look at about themselves or, or even um, admit to other people or themselves. You know what I'm saying? So they can say, my single issue is gun rights, my single issue is abortion, but there's probably a lot more behind that, I think, because they're supporting a system that 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 uh that also supports all of these other things and all of these other things um may hurt many many people but if they don't touch your supposed single issue voter they are indirectly supporting them as well so i don't think there are that many truly single issue voters i agree with you i don't think that i mean i've only come across a handful of people that have told me that indeed that's the only thing that matters to them um so it's almost kind of like looking for unicorns but i guess they're out there but uh wrapping this up um we're going to have our next uh podcast coming up uh as usual uh uh, uh, coming up this weekend but um just want to leave you with this idea that uh strung out you know we our rant is really kind of geared toward the idea that uh, we have something at stake here that we need to bring, uh, always need to bring people together. And uh, if we truly believe in the motto, e pluribus unum, we have a responsibility to not only create fairness in our democracy, but we have to really stand up when we are, are you know, no matter what side you're on. If, uh, if you lean a certain way, if that way you're leaning and you, it's damaging the country, it's time to lean a little bit in the other direction. That's, that's no compromise of your moral convictions or anything like that. What it is is you, you can't move forward if you're going left or right. And that's the point I'm making. If you lean to the left, you're not moving forward. If you're walking to the right, you're not moving forward. Moving forward really comes down to compromise. So that's the last word I'm going to throw it in on behalf of uh, myself and Andy Courtney. Uh, we're wishing you uh, the best of the rest of the week. And uh, please let us know what you think. Go to martinmccormack.com. I have a comment page. And uh, we always love to hear from you and really appreciate the people that are supporting this podcast with their gifts of love. All right, that's it. Take care. Bye-bye.
sense at all.